Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. So, Derek, are you enjoying the nice weather we're having out there these days? <laughs> it, you know, it just keeps changing back and forth. Like, we get so much snow, and then the snow's gone, then the snow comes again, get some rain, and yada, yada, yada. It's like, arr. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's, I think I saw it up at plus two at one point, but it's always been close to minus 10 lately. Yes, it's pretty steady. And what's interesting, and I haven't seen this in years, is uh, at work, I, uh, I look out the windows and I can see Lake Ontario and uh, there's a, a there's probably about a hundred meter wide band of of ice chunks right along the edge of the lake oh, yeah? and you can see a lot of buildup where the waves have pushed the ice like into like six eight ten foot high piles on the on the beaches and the shores really so it's it's pretty cool to see well, that's cool it because it's not that often that it gets cold enough to see that kind of formation of ice on Lake Ontario, right? No, is I mean the the weathers we've been having the la- or winters we've been having the last few years, last ten well, years, I barely have crap. to shovel my driveway anymore. Yeah, yeah, you get you get the you get the big maybe two big snowfalls after Christmas. Yeah, that's it. Other than that, yeah, that's it. You're, I mean, it's green up until Christmas, which yeah sucks. Yeah, definitely not the. Uh, the uh, winters that I'm used to growing up, that's for sure. Well, when I first moved here, I remember at my house, I, uh, halfway through the winter, I would have to go out on, because, you know, you run out of room to throw snow. So I went out on my lawn and with snowshoes and stamped down the pile so that I didn't have to throw six, eight feet in the air to pile it onto the snow pile. So I would have to tamp it all down just so I could uh, keep throwing snow onto the lawn, right? Yeah. Well, that's we got we got the big driveway that fits what six cars or whatever so that's the best part about it is we only have two cars so yeah. half my driveway becomes a pile <laughs> i got a place to put it and it's a sloping driveway yeah. so when it all melts it all just goes right out onto the street and into the gutter into the the storm drain yeah perfect setup i must say <laughs> perfect setup thank you thank you uh you know what like I, I i don't mind the winters i hate the people that drive in them but oh uh, i know yeah. Doing yeah, I I, w- I won't even get into the driving aspect of it when the weather starts, but uh, um, yeah, I, I don't mind the winter at all, and it, I I don't like winters that are cold and green. Yes, you want snow. if it's gonna be, if I'm gonna freeze my boobs off, I <laughs> want <laughs> snow. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I like yeah. the snow. Now, what about uh, where was it over? Was it Russia or something like that? Minus 88 Fahrenheit or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Their eyelashes were freezing. Somebody was asking me about that today. I think it was minus 63 Celsius. Yeah. Now, I remember being out in Saskatchewan one year, and we with the wind chill, it was minus 72. Uh And they were saying, if your dog is out, and I think I've mentioned this before, if your dog is out, make sure they're on a leash because their skin will start to freeze. Mm -hmm. If you're going out, don't have any bare no skin. No exposed skin. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, like I say, but you know, you're, you're sitting here, your nose starts running, you get that booger sickle pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, that's, that's awesome. It's, it's not something you want to experience constantly, but to have, to experience a deep freeze that cold, at least once yes. in your life is, yes. is definitely something. Cause yeah, you stand outside there for like, 30 seconds and it just goes right through you. You know, like they say, as, as they say, why do I live where the air hurts my face? Yes. Right. And that definitely hurts your face. You guys, uh, your kids, you are taking them skiing. Yes. I, uh, we, we decided this year that we would start with uh, downhill ski lessons. And so we've had one session there just last weekend and uh, they are they're somewhat excited, but you know, with cold kids, do, yeah. kids don't deal with cold that easily. At least mine don't. Little wusses. But uh, it was fun. I was exhausted afterwards because I did most of the work. <laughs> <laughs> are you out in skis too? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Well, I went out with. Uh, so there's there's two different classes. Each of the kid is their own their own class. Siobhan took uh, Beckett, and I went out with Stella. And uh, so there's there's a lot of uh, discussions about making pie like pizza slices to you know snowplow so to stop right. and stuff like that. So I'm skiing backwards and t- showing her what to do. And so the whole time I just skied backwards, right? So are you teaching them, or do you have an instructor? 
There's an instructor there. There's two okay. instructors. <laughs> and the, and you the, paid for lessons so that you could teach them. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who'd you yeah. pay? And what, it's uh, <laughs> How do I get into that racket? <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I was the only parent volunteer in the group. And uh, so I, I went with, I probably gave pointers to probably most of the class. There were six kids in the class. Do you know uh, how to ski? Yes, I can Okay, ski. good. Because yes. I just want to make sure there's six yes, kids that, yeah. that didn't. Yeah. Ski wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, most of the most of the work that I did was picking kids up. Mm-hmm. And if, with six kids, it's a handful. There's only two instructors. So it was it was nice to get out. And I'm looking forward to the kids. Uh, I hope they really take to it because uh, the the more they take to it, the more interest, the less work on my part. And, yeah. and I think it's a fun sport. It'd be nice to get out there as a family. Well, I think you start skiing. hitting Collingwood, Devil's Elbow, exactly, all yeah. those places yeah. around here, right? And and the more I expose them to winter experiences, the more that they're going to be excited. And yeah. and as it is, they love, like Beckett already talks about going camping all the time now anyways, right? Mm-hmm. So he wants to go camping like next weekend. Like he's just talking, he, he packed up a bag to go camping last week. Really? Yes. Without you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> dad, I'm going camping. No, I'm not taking you, Dad. <laughs> so it's kind of neat to see that he's showing such an interest in it. He, he loves the camping. But it, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, you know what? We're not uh, really doing... Well, we're doing some stuff. But uh, we don't do a ton of winter activities with the kids anymore. Because they're old enough. They're doing their own things yeah now, well right? you know i do minimal activities in the winter with the kids too mostly it's just hiking and walking we go mm-hmm. down to the beach or the lake ontario and walk on the snow lynn shore is a good one to take yeah take the yeah. bird seed mm-hmm. yeah right? so we, we do stuff like that all the time but it, we don't do a lot of activities just because it's you know it's nice to have your weekends free <laughs> yes sleep in <laughs> yes watch some footy <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um as we discussed before you know i told you i got uh my new Nyko Alaskan wood stove. Yes. That doesn't have a tent to go with it. <laughs> well, guess what it's got now? It's got a tent. It's got a tent to go with it. <laughs> I saw um, the pictures. I meant to pop by on the weekend to uh, help you set it up, but I was busy with the kids. Ah, it didn't stuff. take too long to do yeah. it. You know, yeah, it's um, just a couple little kinks to work out there. But uh, yeah, I got the Esker Classic 10 by 10 tent. Now, the other, the, the regular esker 10 by 10 is uh five-sided okay right and i'm just like ah, kind of goofy yeah uh, i just want four sides you know <laughs> i'm not goofy that way <laughs> so the five-sided is it still a single center pole yeah okay but the stove goes straight up against the center pole oh so the stove goes in the middle of the tent yeah oh. whereas the 10 by 10 or the, the classic that i got it's off center more yeah. towards the front door. Yeah. Right? Which is, I'm not really sure why, but who am I to complain? Mm-hmm. I like that because that puts it closer to the front of the tent. Yes. That leaves that little bit extra room. In the back. So the, you can mingle and wander in the yeah. middle of the tent. Yeah. You can stand up and get changed and do whatever you have to do. Now they say that this tent is good for three to four people. Yeah. With the stove or like six people without. Yeah. But I'm thinking three to four people... So Definitely have, not if you're in cots. Yeah, if you have cots. If you're, if you're just sleeping on the ground, yeah. you know, then yeah, you can, you know, and you're basically sleeping on top of each other. Yeah. You know, yeah, you can get four people in there easy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've done that in tents before. And if it gets really cold and you're stuck around in there, you don't want to be huddled up on your, sitting on your sleeping bag all day. Yeah. You know, you want to at least have a cot. Yeah. And Absolutely. Some so, sit on and... So yeah, I, I'm thinking three cots might be kind of cramped. Two is going to be beautiful. Yeah. So two cots in there with gear. Yeah, one on wood, each. Yeah, you got you know, a cot on each. We'll do a little L-shaped thing, right? Yeah, exactly. So one along the the one wall and yeah. one along the the back wall, mm-hmm. and then you got the the gear. You got wood. You got a cooking area. Put your cooler in there. A, a chair maybe. Well, if the stove goes sideways near the front by the door, mm-hmm. where the stove jack is, you could put a cot on each wall, couldn't you? I'm thinking I just got to do the measurements. And it depends mm-hmm. if somebody brings a really goofy size cot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If, if you're looking at six foot cots, then you should be able to. Mm-hmm. Because you're thinking, well, it's what, two feet, two and a half feet? Yeah. Plus six, plus two and a half. No, you're looking at a bit it too wide there. I think you'd know. I think it would work. Two and a half, two and a half? Yeah. Plus six? Yeah. Is more than 10. 
Well, where are you where are you getting your two and a half wide? Yeah, I think it would work. But yeah, because if you put the one on the the one wall closer to the door, mm-hmm. that leaves the top free. Yeah. So I that one cut cot could slip you through there. You gotta set it up again and, and throw a couple costs in there and see what happens. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I set it up. Yeah. Got like I said, a couple little kinks to work out, and I'm thinking, oh, you know what? I'll set it up because I had the the stove. You have to do the initial burn. Yeah. I had it burning out outside. Yeah. While I set the tent up, and I'm thinking, well, I'll put it in there a little later, and then I'm looking at it. My wife's sitting there going, no, that's that's really cool looking. It's I think it'll do really well, and blah blah blah. Are you taking it down now? And I said, well, I think I'm just gonna scoot, I'll leave it up. Well, you know that's the dog's backyard. <laughs> And I looked at her and yeah, my dog will pee on anything. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to come out in the morning. There's going to be this giant stain on the side yeah, corner. Exactly. And I'm going to be looking at the dog and he's going to be my yard, my rules. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last thing. I mean, we had a, uh, we have a chiminea out there and I don't even know how long it was there. I look out one day and he's peeing on it. <laughs> <laughs> Ownership. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Marking his Trees, territory. deck. <laughs> Mine, Chimeneas, mine, mine. fence, garage. <laughs> he just pees on mine. Yeah. <laughs> I had my canoes laying there one day. He walks up right next to the canoe, pees on it. I'm like, you can't be serious. <laughs> it's like, oh, only my dog. It's in my you yard. Know. My yard, my rules, it. baby. So yeah, so I took it. To, I took the tent down and uh, <laughs> using my better judgment. Um, so what? No, f- you know what? It was it was really easy to put up by, by myself. Well, so you got to get a single center pole. Mm-hmm. So you, you peg the four corners. Yeah. You put the center pole in, and then you put the guy wires. Mm-hmm. Now, the one thing I found weird, I was thinking, because there's four poles, right? Yeah. Or four corners. Yeah. I thought there was four pegs for the sides, like the middle of each side as well. Oh, yeah? There isn't. No, just the four corners? Just the four corners. So you just need four stakes. So I only, well, four stakes for the tent itself, yeah. and the guy wires, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting there thinking, I just bought all these extra stakes for nothing. <laughs> so, because, <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting there going, oh, man, I hope they didn't forget to add those on. Yeah. So, but no, no, I guess there's they're not there. And is it A-Tuck or A-Tuk? Yeah. The tents? Yep. Thousands of videos of people in those things. But mm-hmm. Esker, trying to find setup videos and stuff. Oh, yeah? No. Nothing. <laughs> you, you, you can't. You can't. There's one or two, maybe, like, one or two videos of guys that are camping in them. Yeah. But nobody's hmm. putting videos out, YouTube videos out there. So yeah. I think I'll have to put something up. Um, but, yeah, you know, you know what? I got, I got the four corners up. I put the pole up. Stretched out the guy wires. I now I got four two by fours pieces to for each corner. Okay. Right, so it comes straight out and then down to the stake. Yeah. Right, and so put those in there and that. Yeah, easy peasy to put up. Mm-hmm. You just gotta goof around a bit with the uh, the guy wires and. My uh, U.S. Army bell tent is a ten man army bell tent. It it's it's not too. I've set it up before solo like twice, mm-hmm. but it's it's a bit of a pain in the butt. Especially it would be even worse. Out in the cold, like I've set it up in my backyard twice, and just to set it up, dry it out once, one time just to test it out for the first time. It's not easy by yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah those ones, yeah, no, no. But this thing here, oh, yeah. I I probably from pulling it out to being able to walk into it. Okay. Less than half an hour. Oh yeah. Yeah, hmm. and that's the very first time I've ever set it up. Yeah. So the more you do it, the more, the, the faster it's going to be. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So that's pretty cool. So yeah, I got my, I got that going. Now I get to use it, um, family day weekend yes. in, in Algonquin Park. Was it winter in the wild? They winter in the wild weekend. Yep. yep. So we're going to be up there the Thursday to the Monday. Oh, sorry, Fri- to- sorry, Friday to okay. Monday. Yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Mm-hmm. We'll be up there for four days. Excellent. Now you're going to come up. Probably Maybe. because of the ski lessons for the kids, I, uh, I I won't be able to come up Friday night, but maybe I'll be coming up Saturday night and Sunday night. Okay. The other complication is the fact that I'm, on Tuesday, I'm flying out west to go skiing at uh, Big White. So you may come up Saturday night and go home Sunday. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that way I'll be home to pack and yeah, get ready for the... Yeah, It depends. If I can pack early, then uh, I'll stay up for two nights at mm-hmm. Lake, which would be nice. It, it's uh get to go out and we'll do some uh, snowshoeing and whatever, right? 
Just relax time before yeah. you zip out on yeah. the plane. Hack a hole in the lake and go swimming and all that good stuff. Stuff like that, yeah. 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 Um <coughs> excuse me. Getting over the yeah, I got this little coffee cold thing going on too. That started last week. Good times, baby. <laughs> I sneezed and and I told you about this earlier. I sneezed in the car the you know yesterday and uh I didn't want to sneeze on the steering wheel. So I turned my head and part of my body to sneeze onto the passenger seat and I pulled something in my ribs. <laughs> it's sneeze like, and broke a it rib. It hurts so bad. It's like I'm getting old. I'm coming apart. But yeah, now it feels like somebody punched me in the uh, kidneys. Because... I sneezed my spleen out. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts so bad. Well, it, it's all part of the season. Yeah. Something that's not part of the season. Um, we've played music on our show intermittently over the past couple yes. of years. Yes. And it's all been by Jerry Vandiver. Yes. And Jerry has a new album coming out. Oh, right on. He does, he does. Now, he's got True and Deep, Songs for the Heart of the Paddler is one of his albums. Okay. Every Scratch Tells a Story is another one of his albums. Then Mixed Dry Bag. And they're all about paddling. Oh, yeah. Paddling, right? canoeing. The outdoors, outdoors, portaging, yeah. that sort of stuff. His dog, coffee. His, yeah, his, his dog and coffee. Yes, yes. <laughs> his dog, Molly. <laughs> Well, he's got a new one coming out. Now, I didn't see a, a date when it's being released yet, but it's called Paddle On. I guess they're just doing the mixing. I just saw it actually today. Uh, okay. They're doing the mixing and everything for it this yep. week, and uh, so I got to think it'll be out within within the next uh, month or so, I would think. Excellent. We can play so some new we'll have music. To, you know, have to play some new music. Yeah. I'll hit him up and say, dude. He's, he's very generous with uh, letting us use his music on the show. You know what? I talked to him when we first started doing this show. Um, we connected over the internet there, over emails and that, and... Uh, he said, yeah, you know what, you want to... And I sent him, say, listen, can I use a couple of your songs on our, our show? And he goes, go ahead. And then uh, we're chatting, and he says, anytime you want to use any of my stuff, yeah, go ahead. That's awesome. And then probably about three months ago, somebody said, hey, I was listening to this podcast, and they played one of your songs. And he goes, I didn't realize they were actually still using my songs. <laughs> so I sent him, I said, I hope it's okay. He says, yeah, it's great. So... So yeah, and uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to hearing uh, paddle on and uh, see what songs are on there. I think there's one she she paddles a kayak or something like that is one of the songs. Oh yeah, something like that. Yeah, she's in a kayak or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, if you go to Jerry Vandiver's uh, Facebook page, you, you, he's got a little thing up there, a little blurb about what he's doing, and uh, it's pretty cool. So looking forward to hear that, and uh, we'll uh, have to buy that one and check it out. Uh, the other thing that came out this week, and you pointed this one out, yes, and I like it because we're always talking about going up towards the Arctic uh, no. Ocean, ocean for Banks right? Island or something. Head, yeah, yeah. Uh, everything Coast. revolves around Tuktoyaktuk, mm -hmm. but you got to fly in there. Yes, but 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 wait. <laughs> now you don't. Now I don't know when it opened, but I think it opened November. In November. Yep. And this is so cool. So cool. So this here, and I don't know if how many people have heard about this, but they have freshly opened the Inuvik to Tuktoyaktuk Highway. So you can get right up to the north coast. You can get right up to Tuktoyaktuk by highway. Now this looks like it's a just an extension of the Dempster Highway. Yes. So right. it's an extension. And so normally in these northern communities, they rely heavily, especially if they're on the coast, they rely heavily on uh, shipping traffic to get food in because there's no roads open in the summer because of the bogs and the yep. mud and the, this, that, the other thing. And totally then, rely on the ice yeah, road. And, yeah. And then ice roads in the winter. So, you know, like the shows on Discovery Channel, ice road truckers and stuff yeah. like that. So they rely heavily on this. So this is a first of a kind northern road for Canada. And... Uh, what you can get to Moosney Moose Factory in the winter by ice road, mm -hmm. and uh, so now this is this is a first of a kind year round. It's a gravel highway, and it goes from Inuvik up all the way to Tuktoyaktuk. It's a hundred and thirty eight kilometer highway, and I'm excited about this because I would not normally be able to easily go there. It, it's very expensive. It's mostly by charter if you want to fly up north. Yeah. So it ends up being very expensive. So now. I could take a vehicle and drive to the north coast of Canada. Toronto to Tuktoyaktuk, driving. <laughs> yeah. 6,808 kilometers. 
<laughs> 83 hours of driving, straight driving. That's one way. Yes, one way. And that's not stopping for gas or pee breaks. 83 hours well, you of just, driving. You just stand up the sunroof at that point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> to give you sort of a um, comparison, last summer, Toronto to Banff to Jasper, back to Toronto, 8,814 kilometers. So this is only 2,000 kilometers farther along one way. Yes. Right? Or sorry, 2,000 kilometers less. Shorter. One way. One way. So you're talking... So you're looking almost 14,000 kilometers <laughs> to Toronto, from yeah. Toronto to Tuk to Yuk Tuk and back. It's a bit of a drive. You might have to ah, get... Four days. You're talking... Five days. You're talking... You're talking distances that might require an oil change. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you got to get to 10,000. Well, you better stop in Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> Stop in Edmonton. I need I need an oil change. I'm heading up. Um, it's it's an expensive hundred and thirty eight kilometers. Yes, three hundred million dollar gravel highway with a maximum speed of seventy kilometers an hour. I was disappointed in that, but I suppose it's gravel. It amounts to approximately <laughs> two point two million dollars per kilometer. Three hundred, sorry, two hundred million of that yeah. came from the federal government, being our taxes, right? And then regional. I'm driving however damn fast I want on that road. <laughs> my taxes. <laughs> my taxes paid for that. Yeah. Oh, this, yeah. This this stretch here, that's my taxes. I'm driving a hundred. <laughs> I'm driving 150 on that stretch. Uh, yeah. So 70 kilometers. So now it gives everybody year-round driving access to the Arctic Ocean. It links Tuktoyaktuk with the rest of the country. And that's huge because it now, it really helps with education. It yes. helps with health care. They can get in and out. And Trans-Canada Highway now joins three oceans or three yeah, seas oh yeah. or whatever. You can drive sea to sea to sea. Yeah. Right? That's awesome. Which is really cool. I would love to get up there, do some paddling in the Arctic. This opens up so many possibilities. Mm-hmm. So I'm figuring five days up, five days. You got to have a month. Yes. So yep. take your time, seven days up, seven days back. Yep. That leaves you two two weeks up there We should to plan do whatever. This. We should plan this. We got so many plans going on. We got to quit our jobs and get sugar so, mamas to so support now, us. So now we have to decide, are we going to go to Burning Man this fall or we're going to go to... Nepal Tuk this fall? Are we going to go to Tuk Tuk this we're supposed to go to Nepal in the spring, aren't we? Aren't we arranging that for May? Yeah, we got to go in May. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I need more holidays. I already checked in. I, I'm good to go to, to I, Nepal. I, I need to quit my job. <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, that, that'd be that'd be really cool. But construction on this road began in two, January 2014, ended April 2016. That was pretty quick for the... Uh, in, imagine the difficulty of doing this. And they, they talk about some of the details. So a lot of this road, or mo I think all of this specific road... It's built on permafrost. Yeah, all on permafrost. So the risk with permafrost is that you can't allow any heating of the permafrost, which would cause heaving and mm -hmm. like a lot of the, uh, any of the bridge crossings and the stuff, the poles, the pilings, are, are, yeah. the pilings are on the permafrost. Yeah. So they can't allow it to thaw or else things will start to settle and move. And, and that's a lot of repair. All of a sudden you got a bridge gone. Yeah. So the, what they've done is they've, uh, they've covered the permafrost, the ground with geotextile fabrics. Mm-hmm. And then they pile the construction material on top of that. So what that'll do is it'll help insulate the permafrost because any exposed road, the sun's going to hit it and heat it and you're going to risk melting the permafrost. I'm thinking that's probably why they did gravel as opposed to asphalt. Because you got the yes. black asphalt, right? Well, also the fact that it's easier, like if with a gravel road, it's easier to just take a grader and, yeah. and throw more gravel on it. And... But if you start breaking up pavement, then that's a huge expense to maintain. Yeah. Whereas you just run a grader over it and it's a lot easier and cheaper to maintain with, and there is going to be some movement in this road just because of where it's built. It's, it's on, it's on, it's on bog. It's on the Arctic tundra. It's, it's not going to be a stable platform. No. It'll be stable or because it's built on permafrost, but, but you have to expect that there's going to be some rough spots. And they've, and they've built the road with, um, uh, thermistors installed yes. so they can monitor 
Monitor the permafrost, make yeah. sure it's not for, uh, yeah. thought, not not. Thawing. So that's pretty cool. Exactly. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. But just think of the canoeing and kayaking and all that. That's now opened up. You can drive. Exactly. Rather than spending hundreds of dollars flights in and out. Yeah. And it's one of the, and as I was thinking about this and reading about this new highway, it's probably one of the few road trips that I would do where I'd actually stop mm-hmm. and go for a little walk on the side of the highway. Because like it, to be exposed to the Arctic tundra, to be able yeah. to walk in the Arctic tundra, mm-hmm. it's amazing. And there's all those places to stop at the side of the highway, do a little bit of fishing, yeah, a do fishing. a little paddle for an hour, <laughs> jump back in the car and, and go, right? Yeah. I think this is going to benefit the people out west more than us. Because like I say, you're taking four days to drive and then you start. Yes. Right? It's yes, like, exactly. And then four days. Back. Yeah. I mean, you're a week, week and a half yeah. either way, right? So just if you're if you're looking out, heading out west and do some paddling, you can take a peek at this new road. <laughs> I mean, it, it opens up. Now, I remember the Muskrat Lake north of Winnipeg. They were talking about doing something like this a few years back. Okay. Because when the ice roads were kicking in, the young people were coming down to Winnipeg. Yeah. And then when they would thaw, the young people would stay in Winnipeg and the homeless people and, and all that. Oh. Right? There was big problems. Yeah. And people were leaving. I want to say it was Muskrat Lake. Yeah. I saw it on the news a couple of years back. And this was becoming a problem because all the young people were leaving the town and no one was coming back. Oh, okay. So it's a big problem. So if they can do a road like this, allows people to come back and forth. And that's one of the things that, that one of the articles that also mentioned about this road to Taktiaktak is young people that were going to school, university and all that oh, stuff in yeah. in Inuvik uh, uh, and stuff like that could now come home on holidays and see family. And exactly. They're, you know, they're not spending like $400 on a flight in, $400, yeah. whatever it is. It like they the say, ties, it's, it's hundreds of family dollars. family ties. Are, it really does, yeah. which is really important. So, um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, so yeah, so there's tent stove, Jerry Vandiver, Inuvik to Tuktiaktuk Highway. Pretty, uh, pretty cool stuff going on. Canoe trip, glamping. Yes. Glamping. Cause we got to get some paddling in here, buddy. Absolutely. So we talk about glamping. Yep. You know, people, I mean, we see people at some of these campgrounds and stuff like that with their big motor homes, a 50 inch TV, the satellite <laughs> dish on top. Absolutely. Just, yeah. <laughs> Stay home. Um, then, then, you know, you, you get these people and that's what it is. It's just luxurious well, it's not even luxurious because that's, that's something totally different now. Yes. So you're glamping. You're you're taking it easy. You're bringing a lot of the creature comforts from home. Yes. You're not roughing it like, you know, going to the back country with a tent and all your gear on your back and this paddling. Is, yeah, this is, non, this is a complete non-contact sport. So <laughs> let's get into taking glamping, which is glamorous camping, yeah. to a total new level. Mm-hmm. Some people call it glamping, but it's luxury camping. Yeah. Okay. Lamping. (laughs) Lamping. La camping. (laughs) So you pack your personal gear and you can paddle into your destination. And what awaits you but a luxury tent or yurt all set up for you already. Electricity, beds, uh, full meals provided, tables, chairs, bathrooms some of these are like showers we're talking five-star camping resorts yeah they call them picture a big canvas winter tent yes picture it much bigger and that's what appealed to me with uh with you know just thinking about i've been looking at tents looking at uh, replacing my bell tent and so i've been looking online and i keep seeing these little tents pop up on kijiji and stuff and and just every time i i see this it reminds me of glamping right and i think we've talked about this before on the show like uh probably about a year ago but it it's one of those things it's uh winter camping reminds me of summer glamping yeah but i mean yeah i mean unless you're into the cold camping yeah yeah i mean but i, I mean my new to... tent I, i've been looking at my tent and where I work, I get this particle board, which is like yeah. three quarter inch board. Yeah. And it's the perfect size. If I were to take like four or five of those pieces, I could 10 by 10 flooring. Hardwood floor. I got a, I got a nice hardwood floor <laughs> for my tent. And I'm thinking, <laughs> if I'm not going backcountry camping, I might as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Throw it in the back of the truck. Throw it in the back of the truck. Yeah, with all that extra wood. But this luxury camping idea, it's, uh, it is it is very appealing. I haven't done it. I keep thinking about doing it. 
but it's it's just to be able to go somewheres and and uh it some of the places are like I say, five star resorts. Like you're talking chefs. Well, it's all around the world There's, now. Uh, yeah, exactly. Italian yeah. chefs. Yeah. Really? And like, and a lot of this where a lot of this would have started like in Africa with Serengeti with the with these uh, you know. Uh, oh, it's the old African safaris. African yeah. safaris, right? Yeah. And uh, so people have moved it, moved it uh, to North America, and mm-hmm. you're talking like there's. Uh, I, I know there's locations at Moosney Moose Factory. I've read about Oh, they're lo- all across Canada yeah. now. Tomogamy, everything. Like, yeah. Algonquin Park has the Bartlett Lodge does that sort of thing. Exactly. But it's not really, I don't think they'd actually do tenting sort of thing there. But the ones I've been looking at are, they're tents. Yes. They're big, Bartlett luxurious. Lodge do they have the tents? tents? Do they have the yes, tents there? Bartlett Lodge has the canvas tents. But you're, you're doing all your activities that you do camping during the day. So you're yep. going out biking, you're going hiking, you're kayaking, canoe canoe paddling, you know, stand up paddle boarding, horseback riding, fishing, going out doing hikes, taking photos, all that. Yep. You're doing all that Absolutely. stuff you do, you know, and then at the end of the day, oh, I'm so tired. I'm going to go rest in my big feather bed. <laughs> <laughs> Have Jeeves pour me a hot cocoa. <laughs> it's like, wow. Yeah, I that's, that's... Uh, not for me. Now, in 2015, Kevin Callan did an article which I came across here. And even he says, Imagine waking up to the smell of a cinnamon-spiced double latte <laughs> rolling over in your silk-lined sleeping bag, browsing through the latest issue of The New Yorker, while organic gingerbread waffles with drunken strawberry and vanilla bean compote await you on a silk linen tablecloth outside your tent. Who wouldn't want that on their next camping trip? <laughs> that was 2015. Yeah. And now it's it's like just taking right off. Uh, you know what? It's kind of cool if, if if you're doing all these things for camping, yeah. like the, the, the activities. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, yeah, you're sitting there and... But you can see it's luxurious. Is, yes, you can see who this is geared towards, though, right? Like, oh. uh, like the the people that we interact with, it's this is going to be a little bit, a little highfalutin. Highfalutin. <laughs> but if you have like a uh, a multi million dollar New York lawyer uh, wanting to get away and experience the uh, the, the rough life, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> so that, that's I think that's where all some of these things are geared towards. Yeah. And and when some of the prices are comparable to the multi-million dollar New York lawyer. Oh yeah, um, I mean I'm looking at a couple of them, Baja Mexico. You can go for a morning swim with thirty-foot nurse sharks or whale sharks. Uh, then you can go kayaking for the day, and like you say, sit down to an oceanfront gourmet lunch prepared by an Italian chef. <laughs> grab a siesta, or get get in gear to kayak, stand up paddleboard, snorkel, or hike around your own private paradise. Hmm. All for two hundred and seventy-five dollars per person per night. Oh, not bad at all. Oh, not bad at all, Bucky. <laughs> 300 bucks a night for tent sleeping. There's one that you can do, which is pretty much all the same sort of stuff, except for the, the whale sharks, I guess. Um, but you get to see leopards, hyenas, crocodiles, antelope, deer, and more. Fees start at $1,000 per person per night. Oh, Oh, book me for a week. <laughs> I'll bring 10 of my closest buddies. Yes. <laughs> uh, there's one in New, in the Catskills in New York. Uh, Slovenia. Cal- Big Sur, California, which is what? 595, 600 bucks a night. Only? Yeah. What a deal. Oh, you know. <laughs> uh, but again, a lot of them are say- a lot of them are saying you're doing all the things you're doing camping. Yes. That you'd regularly do camping. But you have a but luxury just, accommodation. Yeah. So that at the end of the day, you're just like. tent accommodation. Yeah. You, you got all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, not really for me. If somebody's going to pay me to do it, I won't say no. But not really for me. <laughs> you know? Um, the glamping thing, I thought that was bad with people pulling up in their big you know, uh, fifth wheel trailers and the 50 inch screen TVs and the satellite dish and, yeah. you know, that sort of stuff. And you're sitting there in your tent going like, dude, really, <laughs> you know, and you're cooking on your little your Coleman burner <laughs> stove and he's got the microwave beep, beep, beep. Yeah. And now you're looking at this. Exactly. Uh, dude, it's... don't look so bad no more. <laughs> so if you're interested in doing some luxury camping, apparently it's now becoming more of an in thing. 
So pack up your paddles, your canoes, and well, I guess you wouldn't have to because at that price, they damn well better supply them. Thousand dollars <laughs> a night a person? You better get me a canoe. Well, you know, when we do our Nepal trip, we could stay at we one could, of these oh, luxury oh, yeah, resorts. The Tiger Tops Elephant Camp in Chitwan National Park, Nepal. There you go. We can go hang out with the tigers and the elephants. One hundred and sixty bucks a night per person, oh, right? One hundred and sixty bucks a night per person. That's yeah. not too bad. Not too shabby. Wow. If we swing some kind of deal, maybe they'll give it to us for free. Exactly. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Write an article in a travel I, magazine for I uh, need to quit my job and travel for a living. <laughs> I tells you. So, anyway, let's take a quick break here, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about how things can go sideways really fast. Even with the most experienced of people. Hi, this is Dark Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka and Halliburton. Welcome back. Uh, I'm going to talk about something. Now, we've been on a lot of trips, um, camping, hiking, backpacking, you name it, canoeing, portaging, everything. It doesn't matter how well you plan for something. Yeah, it doesn't sometimes, matter how low on experience or high on experience you are. Sometimes things just go sideways. Exactly. Things just happen. Now... We came across something lately. Um, David Lee, the passionate paddler, we we bug him all the time because <laughs> in the summer he does these trips, these really challenging trips, and that's part of the problem. And he always runs out of water. He always runs out of water. So it's become a thing with us joking about David is, you know, uh, dude, like, oh, a five-mile portage must be a David Lee pa- uh, passionate paddler portage. <laughs> must be one of his trips. There's supposed to be you a know? river here. Yeah. Oh, the, the river dried up? Yeah, passionate paddler trip, isn't it? <laughs> so we've been bugging him over over that. Um, nothing you can plan for. It just happens. Yeah. So being winter and doing the winter camping and, you know, challenge, that sort of stuff. David has done a lot of a lot of trips. Um, He's like got said, a lot of experience. A lot of winter trips. A lot of experience doing this sort of thing. Last year, him and another person went to Killarney and they winter camped there. He's winter camped there before, like multiple times last, you know, over the, over the years. And they went up to the crack, a uh, nice high, big climb, that sort of thing. And they got, he says, he says, got to sleep under the stars in a very unique place. Uh, then we continued north. And camped on a wide ledge on the Blue Ridge before enjoying an incredible view from the summit. This was the kind of trips, these are the kind of trips I love. Deep powder, heart-thumping climbs, breathtaking views. So he decided this year he was going to do the same sort of thing. And he got a group together. They know the kind of trips David does and everybody's experienced yeah. enough to do these Yeah, trips. they're all very experienced. And off they went. <laughs> um... Before he went, he like he had said, winter trips are fickle. Even the best laid plans can fail. So we go with optimism and hopefully come back with amazing memories and stories. And that's the way of all trips. Exactly. You know what? You yeah. plan, this is what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to see. Here's where we're, you know, here's our day one, day two, day three, day four. You know, where we want to be, what we want to yeah. see, that sort of thing. You Sometimes can't it doesn't. The weather. Yeah. Oh, Mother Nature, when she steps in and gives you a slap, <laughs> yeah, you're getting a good old beat down. Yeah. So apparently, um, all of a sudden, you know, everybody's expecting to be hearing about these great trips. And we see on Facebook a little message from David Worst winter conditions ever confirmed by all four members. One injury scared us all. 
everything, literally everything, is wet or damp. Then it froze. <laughs> couldn't get out of the tent. Couldn't get a stove lit. Couldn't unbuckle. Couldn't unstrap. Couldn't do... Anything. Squat. We are now out of the park. We are all okay. We are at the laundromat in Killarney. <laughs> so, you know it's bad. Yeah. And the thing is, is if it's bad and you make the decision to come out, yeah, you know, safety first. Exactly. You make the right choice. You got to make the right, right choice. Sometimes that's, yeah. I've had to do it. There's one, it was supposed to be a little bit of rain and it turned into an ice storm. And I had to turn around and come back. And even the, the people I talked to at the, the gate where I got all my permits and everything, they were like, we had no clue this was coming. Yeah. You follow the weather reports and yeah, it's supposed to be a little bit of rain or whatever. And boom, all of a sudden it just explodes. Uh, and that's what, what happened. So they went and they dried everything out. And uh, I guess they went, went, to, went and booked a hotel in Sudbury. I got to think maybe they were heading back saying, you know what, we'll stop in Sudbury for the night. Yeah. And then head in tomorrow. It's late, yeah. Um, but he posted an update saying, despite the winter monsoon conditions we experienced, we aren't defeated. We are drying out, regrouping, and heading back out tomorrow. Good for them, right? So, yeah. So, you know what? If that's what you've got to do is you yeah. got to you got to pull yourself out yeah. of that situation. Recover the trip. Yeah. Deal with the, Recoup uh, and... the downturns. And... So, one of the, one of the members sprained their ankle at the crack. Yep. Um, with some meds and a taped ankle, he not only hiked out and down the crack, he wants to continue. Yeah. So, you know, you, you know yourself how well it is. Yeah, you know, you know your body. So yeah. he just determined that it was just a light sprain. So, hey, let's continue, man. So they, uh, yeah, so they went back and they, uh, redid re all the gear. So what had happened, they, where they had camped, they figured, you know, water's going to run down. No problem. Yeah. Well, it didn't. Uh, it pooled because of the it snow. It pooled, yep. It pooled lake almost four inches deep. And this is after they set up camp. Yes. Four inches deep. Boots got soaked in the process. Froze solid in the morning. Uh, the rain started just before we got to the crack and continued relentlessly with strong winds until three in the morning. Cold front then moved in, froze everything. It was minus 13 degrees Celsius. All our backpacks were challenging to pack and it weighed considerably more. Now he says starting weights of the packs were 52 pounds, 55, 45, 55 pounds. So anywhere between 45 and 55 yeah. pounds each. Add a generous amount of water into every seam and fabric, freeze it, then carry it. <laughs> Get an idea of what we're dealing with. Yes. So yeah, you're carrying the big bricks of ice. Yeah, can you imagine trying you. to pack a tent or a frozen gear back into a yeah. backpack? Because this was a hiking trip. This is and everything's like, wet, yeah. frozen. Yeah. So yeah, even the buckles. Trying to do a yeah. buckle, trying to pull your straps. Like everything's frozen. Everything's ice. Ugh. Like I. That'd yeah, be yeah. nasty. Oh yeah, that's that's when somebody you say the wrong thing and somebody's gonna snap. Snap. <laughs> You're just gonna snap. <laughs> um. So they had the weather to deal with. They had an injury to deal with. Uh, things totally out of their control, and they just sat down and said, "You know what?" Not going to happen. We're heading back. And they did. Yeah. Got to got to Sudbury and uh, booked a hotel. And I guess they sat down again and said, let's thaw this stuff out. Yeah. Dry it all. Regroup. Can you imagine that hotel room with tents and sleeping bags, everything hung everywhere oh, to dry be out? a disaster. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Can we get a second room, please? <laughs> this is our drying room. <laughs> but like I say, I mean, even the summer trips had to do the same thing. You know, it just, yeah. you, you, something goes wrong and it's, it's just better to, to back out than continue. You know, it, it, it all comes down to a safety point of view. Mm -hmm. And when you're dealing with freezing conditions where you're, you're looking at hypothermia, frostbite, all that sort of stuff. You really, it's a total different ball game at that point. Yeah. You know, you really got to start looking at that sort of thing. And they, so they got everything all taken care of, regrouped. And, uh, yes. Then he says, late post now at the park office, <laughs> minus 23, <laughs> we're on our way back to Killarney. So they, yeah, so they're, they're, they adjusted their, their, their route. Said they're only going to do a fraction of the original route. Yeah. Um, 
they were going to, I guess the, part of it was hiking into across a couple of lakes and a couple of valleys, up a couple of peaks and that sort of stuff, right? Okay. So they just said, yeah, we're just going to hike into George Lake, make a camp there on the North Shore. Um, and, and, he, and again, he says, as iterated in a previous post, which was when he is saying what the plans were for the trip, winter trips are fickle for a host of reasons, and this is no different. We're making the most of it with take two and a few more layers. <laughs> Good plan. <laughs> so yeah, so they, they readjusted their plans to for the for the last two days and um, had a good time. So when he came they came out after the trip, he says the last two days in Killarney were magical. The last two days totally made up for the fiasco of the first day. Which, you know what? If you can do that, yeah. That's fantastic. If you don't, if, if you don't have to worry about, you know, totally canceling it and you can salvage some of it, which they did, that's perfect. But at the end of the day, you've got to know who you're going with. They all have to be Everything. honest with They're, their abilities. Yeah. You have to know your own limits. Yeah. With their limits, their abilities and the, the state they're in. Like I say, the, the one person that sprained their ankle. They're going to know, like, you know what? Hopefully they're going to step up and say, yeah, I can do it. Or, you know what? I don't think. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wait here for you guys. You guys head on in, spend a couple days there, and we'll all travel back. Yeah. You know? Or, but I, it looks like, you know what? He was good enough to go. And they uh, they all traveled in together. But you've got to make that decision. Yes. You really do. Yeah. You have to be smart about it. Can't be stubborn about it. And they used their smarts, and they ended up with a successful trip. They recovered from their their losses and, uh, and the <laughs> inclement weather. It, oh, uh, I'm not sure how I would have handled the situation, but I would hope to think that I would have handled it uh, with grace like they did. I know I did uh, post something on David Lee's site, um, basically saying, water on a passionate paddler trip? No. <laughs> <laughs> So I think he found it a bit amusing, yeah. Uh, because yeah, it's totally un, un, uh, un um, not the norm. Yes, you don't <laughs> expect monsoon yeah, rains in yeah. the middle of winter. Yeah, that that's something, eh? Like you're prepared for a ton of snow. You're prepared for cold temperatures. You're thinking about that. It was just but, bad timing because that's exactly when all the thaws started happening around yeah, here. Even yes, yeah. Right. All of a sudden, yeah. we went from that minus thirty three to. And we lost all our snow. And then lost all our snow. And that's when he was up there. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Even even the car camping. When it went down to minus 33 at Mew Lake over New Year's. Yes. Like the next day, there were some people going, you know what? This is just just too cold. Yeah. Some like people packed up, went home. They, yeah. they packed up, went home. Yeah. They Their 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 stoves couldn't keep up with with the, the, uh-huh. the temperatures, right? Yeah. It wasn't heating their tent enough. And yeah. you got to make the call. Mm-hmm. There's no sense trying to be the hero and stay out there yes. and then what happens? Yeah. You know, in winter, frostbite, lose a finger, lose a toes, whatever, you know, yeah. you know, you, you, you don't need that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely was, uh, something to see that and glad, so glad did they, they got a time. Did they make it, they made it to the Silver Peak and the crack on this trip, right? Um, I don't know about Silver Creek. I know they, they said they went up the crack. Now there is a video. That they yes. somebody posted. So, was that the crack that we? I watched. We just watched the video before we talked about this. Was that that must have been the crack? Video. I think that was the crack. That so they, they made never up, made yeah. it to Silver Peak. They I don't think they. I don't think they the went crack. to to Silver Peak. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because like they say, they were supposed to go up there and then come down, and then uh, zip across and go up somewhere else. Yeah. What do you say, Blue Ridge or something? Mm-hmm. Um, and then come down and come on back, that sort of thing. So yeah, so they did go up the crack, and that was it. By the looks of it. Yeah. But, uh, you know what? Hey, at least they had a good time. They learned some stuff and you're definitely going to remember it. Yeah. yeah. Right. They're definitely going to remember it. You know, a few years from now, they're going to have a little giggle over yeah. it. And, well, yeah. honestly, it sounds, it sounds like my kind of trip because I love challenging trips and I, I think I would have really, uh, enjoyed the challenges of this kind of trip. I'm thinking I would have let out a lot of F-bombs. Nah, I would have. <laughs> I would have just rolled with it. I kind of like this. Yeah, you stuff. know what? You got to do that. Yeah. You got it. You, you really got to just roll with it, go with it. Yeah. See what happens and hope for the best and uh, use your brain, right? And that's the big thing, just using your brain. So anyway, hopefully uh, they don't uh, say this is the worst one and never do it again. <laughs> I, I, I can't see David giving up 
Oh, absolutely not. He'll be he'll be up there yeah. again next year. I wouldn't put it past him to be up there again this year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Sean Rowley and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Well, that's it uh, for another exciting episode, Derek. Another exciting week. Another one, yep. I uh, just want to give everybody a little heads up there. Don't forget to listen for Jerry Vandiver's, uh, some news on him and his new album coming out, Paddle On. Uh, if you want to drive to Taktiaktuk in the Arctic Ocean, you can now do so. I'm in. I'm ready. <laughs> uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. If you want to find out more about us, you can find us on paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find previous episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.